Interesting times here in the NFL as the partnership the NFL and the XFL have is growing and the scouting combine bubble burst amid the whole thing between the players and the NFL. There's a lot to talk about and more here on the Locked On NFL podcast. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Tuesday, so that means you got me, Luke Braun, uh, at Luke Braun NFL. I'm the daily host of Locked On Vikings, and I'm here with David Harrison, who is the host of both Locked On Bucks and Locked On Washington Commanders. So thanks for making Locked On NFL your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Um, so... I guess let's start with the XFL stuff. The NFL and the XFL have have gotten together on a partnership that is focused on like innovation and player health and safety and all this stuff. The, the kind of thing that could really have a big ripple effect on the league as a whole. Yeah, it's it's really kind of interesting the way they're doing it. So obviously, you know, anytime a new league comes out, whether it was the XFL, uh, you know, the 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 first well, the first modern AAF. time of the XFL, the the AAF, I mean, the the USFL, right? The the first thing that everybody starts talking about is, oh man, could this be the developmental league for the NFL, a la the minor league or like the NFL mm-hmm. or like the World League, you know, back in G the eighties, NFL whatever. Europe and the G League and and all these things. And that's obviously the first discussion that everybody has from a media and a fan standpoint. But from the NFL standpoint, like they're not just going to get into bed or adopt even or bring in one of these upstart leagues without some homework and some proven track records, right? So when you look at the XFL and their inability to stay active and the, you look at the, the mm-hmm. train wreck that was the AAF, I mean, those those things are going to give a brand like the NFL a uh, reason to have pause. So I think the XFL is smart doing this because basically this agreement, uh, as exciting as it is, and it maybe as the first step of what could be uh, down the road, really it's just it's a, it's a sharing of ideas and it's agreement between the two factions that – we're going to share data. We're going to share information mm-hmm. with each other. And if the NFL has like a rule change idea or, you know, if the, if the competition committee comes up with a kind of an interesting, I call them good idea fairies, right? If a good idea fairy hits the competition committee, the NFL, <laughs> but they're not really wanting to go forward with it. They can say, Hey, XFL, give this a try. Like try this mm-hmm. on a little bit for a season and see how it goes. Because let's be honest, if it fails in the XFL, you're kind of the side card anyway. Like nobody's really going to care if it fails in the XFL, but if it fails in the NFL, that could have uh, pretty serious ramifications, at least from a public perception standpoint. I think back to a few years ago, the pass interference challenges that happened after the big no call in the Superdome. We don't have Ross today, so I'm sure you'd have thoughts on that. But that, (laughs) I mean, that was an abject disaster when it came back the next season and then you could like challenge it. It was a total catastrophe. That seems like the kind of thing you could maybe have given a test run in the XFL and see if you can't figure out a way how to do it. And yeah, that's really important for, I think, both leagues because the XFL needs this. If mm-hmm. you want to be a fledgling sports league, this is not, you know, the time back in the in the 1960s when the NFL was still small enough where a, a new league like the AFL could come in and actually threaten it. Uh, this this NFL is ubiquitous. It's a gigantic thing, and it is uh, untouchable when it comes to like you're not going to just start up a league and compete with the NFL. You got to work right. with the NFL, and I think the 
like the biggest takeaway I have from this is that the NFL and the XFL are choosing to be allies and not enemies. And that I think bodes really, really well for both leagues. We should make it super clear. The NFL will not be a developmental league. Like I'll say, I'll, I'll repeat you on that. Uh, They're not going to be, you know, they're not going to be the practice squad place. And crucially, the XFL is not going to make deals with teams. You're not going to see, you know, the Tampa Bay Vipers actually harbor some players for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and work that way. That's not going to be the way this works, but rather a testing ground for rules and and, and random stuff. And in a little bit, we'll we'll talk about maybe what rules from the XFL we think the NFL should adopt or or maybe some application. I mean, let's brainstorm. Let's have a little fun. Let's be a a little bit creative. But um, I don't want to move past that in case you have any more thoughts. No, I mean, I, I think it's just it's important, you know, the, the 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 steps like the length to go from sharing data, sharing information, sharing ideas and becoming a minor league tor- type of system. Like we're still very far away from that. If if the XFL survives five to ten years, I would honestly be still be surprised if we even get there within those five to ten years of the XFL being profitable. But again, any partnership is a good sign and it's a step in the right direction. Uh, and, and I think when you look at NFL ventures, I mean, I don't, I don't want to make anybody mad, but you look at what they've done with EA Sports and the Madden franchise. When the yeah. NFL decides to get into bed with somebody, they kind of like to keep it to that one partner. So when you look at like the USFL mm. or any other leagues that might try to pop up, basically the XFL is getting in before anybody else. And it's a super smart move for them because no matter how long it takes to develop whatever relationship this is going to be, they're going to be the first ones to get to do it. And that's a huge win. And I just, I pointed out on my two shows, Luke, we're basically living in an episode of Ballers, right? Because that's, you know, Dwayne Johnson, his show. That's like so this literally out of the Ballers it. script. You know, the only thing missing is Joe Cattell. And I mean, shout out to <laughs> Richard Mendenhall, former Pittsburgh Steelers running back, who I don't know if uh, a lot of people know, but it was actually a writer for the show, like one of the main writers for the oh, show. I, I mean, not know that. It's straight from HBO to real life. This is this is it's Spencer Strasmore. Like he's he's just running things behind the scenes. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Um, I, I I do want to mention too, like the first go of the XFL, and it obviously fell apart because of COVID. But like, it was finding success, and I think a big thing that it became was an unofficial developmental league. It won't be officially a developmental league. I don't know if they ever go there. I don't know if they should. But this is a bit of a second chance league, right? This is the yeah. kind of place where a PJ Walker can find his way and have his second chance, and then suddenly go and be competing with a starting for a starting job. You know, two years down the road. Um, and, and that might be the beauty of the XFL too. And if the NFL, I I think the NFL should want that, right? You should want an apparatus that you don't even really have to pay for. Right. And it's not competing with you because they're a spring league, um, drumming up hype for football and also being a place that can help you find the best talent because bar none, the NFL is at its best when the most talented players are on the field, when the, the football is the best. And we've had complaints over the last few years with practice stuff, um, getting restricted and practice time restrictions and and the rule changes and all that stuff that the product has gotten worse. There's more penalties. There's more mistakes, more mental issues, a worse product overall. And I think if some anything that can help you weed out talent, a better um, operation that can not only help you weed out talent, but give more people opportunities and just another place to kind of fu- let the cream rise to the top. I think that's great for the league. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, look, and there's evidence in the National Football League. I mean, you look at Taylor Heineke, uh, you know, backup quarterback for the St. Louis Battlehawks yeah. to playing in a playoff game uh, for the you know at the time of the Washington Football Team, giving the Buccaneers a run for their money, and then the starting quarterback this last season. For Washington, I mean, 
his relationship with Scott Turner and Ron Rivera goes beyond, you know, before his time with the XFL. But, you know, it doesn't hurt that he had that time to get those reps, uh, stay in shape, stay in football shape and be competitive. So uh, so a very just very positive platform for anybody. I mean, the only people that probably hate Luke are probably NFL scouts because, you know, the springtime, (laughs) summertime is kind of like their off time. Like that's their time to go on vacation (laughs) with the family. And now, I mean, if there's if there's USFL and XFL going on in 2023, I mean, I don't know if these scouts are ever going to get a break. But uh, once those (laughs) games get, we were talking pre-recording, we're looking forward. To the XFL yeah. return, we're looking forward to the USFL because any football is good football as far as I'm concerned. But in the meantime, Luke, basketball is still going on. 2021 NBA and NCAA basketball seasons still going strong right now. And for the latest odds, totals, player performance props, and where the next fired or suspended coach, right? Shout out to Juwan Howard. Uh, what might end up with them? BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, and they've got you covered with the Olympics and information. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action going on at BetOnline, where the game starts. And once again, thank you so much for making Locked On NFL your first listen every single day. By the way, Locked On NFL is on YouTube. And that means every single day, Monday through Friday, you get local experts, the biggest stories, the whole deal. So come check us out on YouTube. Come take a gander at our ugly mugs. Um, let's talk about what we think can happen here because look, last time the XFL went off, there were a few things that I thought were really, really interesting that the NFL could adopt. Um, and, and this has kind of already happened with the AAF and, uh, sky judge. If you remember the AAF had basically a, uh, kind of centralized power that could deal with like reviews and stuff in real time. And a version of that has turned into like the New York replay booth as we know it now in, in the NFL that definitely had an influence. And so I feel like the same thing can happen here with the XFL, Um, For example, you know, the way they did the kickoff is really interesting. There's some rule changes that are really interesting. The way they did extra points is really interesting. So I don't know, David, what do you think can come from the last iteration of the XFL into the NFL or maybe something that they can experiment with uh, that's new? Uh, You know, I'm curious with with ball spotting. You know, it it seems to Mm. come up at the most inopportune times in a lot of these games, especially close games. You know, it's it's third and four or something like that, and and the ball is super close or it gets lost in the scrum, and the and the officials. I mean, they're out there doing the best job. Like, if you can't see the ball, the cameras can't see the ball. They can't see the ball either. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just they're doing the best they can to kind of judge where a quarterback or running back's body is versus when they lunged and where they stopped and all these things. And people have been talking about it. like everything has a chip in it nowadays. I mean, your debit card has a chip. You know, your your cars have chips. Everybody, I mean, there's a chip shortage apparently because so many things have chips in them that we can't get enough of them. <laughs> put a chip in the football. Put a chip in the football. Put a chip in the 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 down markers and all those things and program them. Somebody out there at some you know MIT or some you know technology school that uh, is, is is much smarter. I can barely get Google Docs to work half the time. So not me, but someone <laughs> out there has the intelligence and has the ability to program this thing to where you no longer have to, to have to wonder, right? I know hockey has got like a sensor or a camera or something. So if the puck crosses the, the goal line, like they know from a technological standpoint, they don't have to kind of rely on human error. And it's one of those things that if, if done correctly and, and done efficiently, won't delay the game. You know, it could be a very simple thing to where, uh, you know, maybe, maybe the head official is where is wearing a little, a little wristband or something. And, you know, it, Green light means first down. Red light means he's short type of thing. And, uh, you know, it's just it's one of those things that maybe we could see happen in the XFL. Because, again, 
I mean, if you're playing football in May and the thing breaks because, you know, gets kicked too hard or someone hits it or hits a goalpost, something too hard and the chip breaks. okay, you rely on human error and and you go forward and nobody really cares. But you can test it out there and work out the bugs before you get it to the NFL. Yeah. And so here's the problem I haven't been able to figure out with because they do have chips in the ball, right? You have like Zebra Technologies has this. You have the the dots and all that with next gen stats. The problem is you don't have a chip that tells you when the knee is down. And that, I think, is where spotting the ball gets really hard. Um, In in a lot of cases, though, I mean, you have a camera on that and it feels like it shouldn't be too hard to sync up the chip data with the camera data and say, okay, here's the you know, put them side by side. Here's the knee. Where's the ball? Did they get it? And I think the challenge, and this is exactly the kind of thing you could dump onto the XFL and see if they can figure out how to do it, especially because the XFL's format is one game at a time, like mm-hmm. a like a playoff round, right? There's not simultaneous stuff going on like in the NFL. So it does seem like a great place to figure out the logistics of how do you get an authority that can side by side splice together or get a live feed or something that splices together a camera angle that's perfect that shows you exactly if the guy is down or not and the ball and be able to figure out the spot was it a first down or not and be able to do that without slowing down the game I think would be a logistical challenge but not an insurmountable one so I love giving the XFL that to compete with but my thing is the kickoff I love the way the XFL did the kickoff because of the the player safety angle there's Mm. a great thread um, by somebody who worked with the XFL, I think it was Sam Schwartzstein. Um, there was a great thread that he did on Twitter about the the reasoning behind the way the XFL did the kickoff. And if you remember, they essentially took out the running start and left the kickoff exactly the same. So everybody starts about 10 yards away from each other and nobody moves until the ball is caught. And they basically looked at that, compared it to data of NFL kickoffs, and they realized that once the ball was caught, where people were on the field was actually really similar to where they were frozen in the XFL. They just didn't have a bunch of momentum, and then they wouldn't collide into each other with as much. And it was much better for player safety. Um, And that kind of thing was really... Uh, a place where innovation could happen. If you remember, there was this awesome kick return touchdown that happened. Um, I, I think that is the way to, to to save the kickoff because where we are heading right now, the kickoff is closer to getting abolished than it is to getting uh-huh. reworked in a player safe way. And that gets rid of the really cool Cordero Patterson kick returns. And um, I mean, Devin Hester did punts, but that same idea that yeah. is I, I, I want to save it. And I think this is a way to, and I think the XFL could be that that shining example. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, and, and Devin Hester, I mean, you know, start off a Super Bowl with a kickoff return for a touchdown. I yeah. mean, th- those are moments you want to be able to preserve. And, and football is, it's kind of always been one of those sports where everything is earned and nothing is given. And, and obviously mm-hmm. not to go, you know, pile too much on officiating. That's where people get the gripes with officiating is when it feels like a team is being handed uh, an opportunity that maybe they didn't deserve. Shout out Los Angeles Rams. Um <laughs> <laughs> and you look across you look across the league and you look at other sports and uh, like the NBA with uh, with the uh, camera what they call it, but basically the no contest you know rule where if a player is fouled and there's nobody between him and the basket then it's 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 some sort of some sort of situation um, the the baseball rule I'm not a huge baseball aficionado but what is it now after a few innings of, of uh, extra innings like the, uh, they start with a player on second base something like that like just Oh, wow. In athletics and in performance-based competitive businesses, you don't want to be handed anything, right? So mm. being having automatic field position, uh, you don't get the opportunity. One, if you're if you're trailing for whatever reason, you don't have the opportunity to get that swing play yourself. Uh, same thing, you don't have the, the opportunity to force a turnover. So you want to keep as much competition 
in the game as possible. And I think, again, going to the XFL kind of being the data collector for the NFL potentially, how much does that change field position? Because so much about special teams is about field position outside of field goals and extra Mm -hmm. points. So how much does that change the average starting field position? And I think if given three years or so to really collect data on it, if the change of field position isn't all that all that far off from what the NFL is dealing with already, then it's a huge way to incorporate player safety, continue to basically put teams in the same situations they would be otherwise. And again, maybe the first year people don't like it, but after two or three years, just like Washington football team, people kind of accept it and it grows on them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of data collection, we have to talk about the the combine because the combine and the way that they're dealing with COVID and the way that the players union has has dealt with that. And a lot of these players aren't represented by an agent yet or anything Mm -hmm. or even by the union. So it's a very messy situation. and We're going to break it all down for you. Absolutely. And whatever the XFL tries, we're all trying to take care of our vehicles, Luke, because we we rely, I mean, let's be honest, Americans, we just, we rely on personal transportation more than probably any country in any country that I've ever lived in. So any country in the world is is the way I'm going to go with that. And with the ever increasing number of makes and models of vehicles, it's literally, it's just impossible for local chain stores or dealerships to stock every single part you're ever going to look for, or the best part for the job that you need. Why go to the counter Tell them what your problem is. Then you have to deal with whatever parts their warehouse just happens to keep in stock. Meanwhile, they're also telling you all the things you don't know about your own vehicle, regardless of how much experience you do or don't have. And if you don't have that much experience, you're already intimidated going in there just because they wear the cool mechanic shirt. And that that means they know more about your vehicle (laughs) than you do. Furthermore, why would you spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts at that dealership or that auto parts store when you get it cheaper at Rock Auto? A family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years with the most extensive parts collection and warehouse online. You have access to a computer in your pocket or in your home or in your office. You have access to rockauto.com. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you do, write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so you know that we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Moving on with today's episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast, David Harrison here. I'm Luke Braun. Uh, let's talk about the scouting combine because it's getting a little spicy with the COVID bubble and the players and their representation. And there was a possible boycott. Can you just tell me exactly like what's going on here? The combine's supposed to be the first week in March. Um, and I mean, what's the status of this? Yeah, I mean, basically, so my understanding of the the beef, if you want to call it that, is that, you know, the NFL scouting combine, it's almost one of those entities that has almost gotten a little bit too big for what it's actually putting on the players. And and, uh, Mm -hmm. we talk about, you know, player safety and focuses on 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 player development and everything else like that. This is one of those things that as as much as like the senior bowl has grown as as an entity to really put uh, player talents on full display. And the Shrine Bowl and and the NFLPA Bowl and, and like Collegiate Bowl and and all these other venues, the NFL Scouting Combine almost detracts from that. I think the value in it in, in a little bit is is these coaches and these GMs and these scouts kind of get to see how these guys perform under pressure, under uh, extreme circumstances. I mean, they're up early for interviews. They're getting hounded with questions. I mean, I think every single beat that's there. I mean, one player. Uh, like, let's go. I mean, Devin White. Right. So just just let's just go Devin White with the media scrum around a guy like that. You're getting asked by a beat reporter from all 32 beats. 
have you talked to, to my team? Have you talked to the team that I cover? How do you feel about that? How do you feel like you're going to be in the NFL? They're going to handle all these questions. Oh, by the way, they just got done doing the weight lift and they're actually getting ready to go do some other stuff or they just got measured, poked and prodded. And they're thinking about this. They're going to bed late at night because they've got meetings with teams and then they're getting up early in the morning and expected to perform cold. They're not in a competitive circumstance situation. They don't have teammates on the field. It's just them. You talk about the ultimate team sport. The NFL scouting comma is the ultimate individual task, right? Mm-hmm. And and I've heard agents kind of complain in the past before where uh, optimal nutrition, optimal rest, stress management, and environment are all supremely important for players. But the NFL scouting combine, these players are told this is your biggest job interview of your life. But all those other things are kind of taken away from you and your ability to kind of manage your workload and your sleep schedule and all this stuff is taken away. So what the NFL wanted to do basically is put them in a bubble. That is essentially what it is. It's a bubble circumstance because of COVID, because of everything going on. And the players and the agents are kind of pushing back and saying, listen, you've already put so many restrictions on what we can do, what we need to do because of just the nature of the scouting combine and not saying that's not valuable, but restricting who we can go see, where we can go, what we can do on our off time. I mean, listen, uh, I'm sure that you've been in in stressful circumstances. I've been in stressful circumstances. You need to be able to get away from things every once in a while, or you need to be able to kind of go do your routine and do the things that you need to do. And so basically these players and these agents uh, basically went to the NFL and said, listen, we're going to do your song and dance, but you're not going to completely lock us down while we do it because honestly, pro days – just as covered now. I mean, NFL Network mm-hmm. is at Pro Days, Luke. The Senior Bowl, NFL Network's at the Senior Bowl. Like, these other entities that give players a chance to, to showcase their talents have almost actually diminished a little bit of the value that the Combine has to the point where this basically was the line crossing is from where I'm getting is they basically said, okay, listen, you're, you're the scouting Combine, you're indie, you're still very important, you're still pretty, we love you, but you ain't, you're eating all that. So back mm-hmm. up a little bit and we're going to do uh, what we need to do in the NFL. I mean, almost half, almost half of these players, Luke, were, were threatening to boycott a week out, not even a full yeah. week out. The NFL had no choice. They had to back down. They did back mm-hmm. down. So now the players and agents are happy. They're going to get some more freedom. They're going to, you know, the masks and all that stuff are still going to be required during physicals and, and team interviews and all that stuff. But other than that, they're going to be able to go, you know, have dinner if, if you want. I saw a kicker last time I was in Indy, Luke, just walking down the street, talking on his cell phone, getting some dinner. I'm just like, here's this kid. Like he's, He's just enjoying life. I mean, granted, he's wearing all of his scouting combine gear, so he had people hounding <laughs> him for pictures and autograph. Maybe that's what he was looking for. I don't know, but the most popular just the ability to ever be been. human when you're not under the spotlight. Yeah, and that's it is a dehumanizing kind of process, and mm-hmm. that's like a I, I think a noble thing to try to maybe make it a little bit less so. And I think like there's there's two thoughts here, and they're both really cold and callous thoughts that I have. And a it's the, the combine. The point of the combine is to gather data, right? And some of that is to gather like hard data, 40 times and bench press numbers and all that stuff. And however useful that data is, is up for debate. But the point of the combine is to gather it. But then also evaluations, the the drills, the, you know, watch a kid throw in person. This was supposed to be the chance. But yeah. now we have the technology, the resources as the league to go fly around everybody's pro days, to see that at the senior bowl, to see that at the, the, the collegiate bowl, if they're a smaller guy, kid that's not even going to get invited to the combine. Mm. Um there's a lot more to it. So the, that kind of diminishing leverage that the combine has as like the event is, I think, part of the dynamic that we, we see at play here. And I think for thinking from the NFL's perspective, 
you kind of want, like, even if you don't give a hoot about the kids being, like, comfortable while they're doing combine things, and you should give a hoot about that, but even yeah. if you don't, um, you still want accurate data. And I yeah. think I can't help but think about Cooper Cup, who had yeah. an awful combine, totally yeah. bombed the combine. He is the reigning Super Bowl MVP. Uh, and very clearly the combine did not represent the actual athletic skill that, right. that Cooper Cup had and the functional athleticism. And the other thing, and this is because I've been listening to a lot of Rick Spielman talking, former Vikings mm -hmm. GM who's done a big media tour, and a lot of people asked him about the combine, and he said, you know, those combine numbers aren't actually that helpful anymore because every yeah. kid's got ch chips in his shoulder pads now. And this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. So I, this is all to say I would be in favor, even though it would sort of upend uh, a whole bank of historical data about how these kids bench pressed in 40 times and stuff like that. I would support a redesign of the combine um, and like do different drills and the, the nobody uses the bench press anymore. And they, the NFL still doesn't want to give up, give it up. Yeah, and a ton yeah. of kids are going to opt out of the bench press. And mm. why would you do it? Right. Why, why risk getting hurt? Why risk right. tearing a peck on it? Right. Oh. Um, nobody's going to use it. And if you want to see somebody's functional strength, you have moment to moment data from a time in college when they had to go, you know, one-on-one -on -one against a nose tackle that was trying to two gap them. And yeah. that's way more functional anyways. So, yeah, I don't know. When it comes to the combine, um, teams are getting more and more directly analogous data that yeah. isn't, you know, a 40 time is a great way to sort of get a sense for kind of how fast a guy's going to be. And, and most teams only really use the first 10 yards anyways, because who's yeah. running a 40 yard route? And, yeah. you know, it's a, it's an approximation. But the yeah. less approximate we can get, the better. And I think for the combine to not become an obsolete thing that more and more kids start opting out of, I think it has to redesign to survive. Again, nobody's making a decision based on the combine. They're making confirmations or opening up doors for new information. Mm -hmm. and, and that that has to be the ultimate priority of it. Yeah. But I do worry that it is becoming a profitable media event. And if NFL yes. Network can televise it, put it on primetime and make commercials yeah. about it, they're suddenly going to be really, really resistant to change yeah. anything about it. And that yeah. it, that could be the ultimate death of the combine if kids keep opting out and saying, whatever, I'm just going to do my pro day in the senior bowl because you get enough data about me and I'm going to go top five. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a possibility. Yeah. Um, so tomorrow on the show, I'm, I'm sure, um, Tony and James will be able to bring you some stuff on this next week on the show. I mean, the combine will be, uh, going on in a couple weeks. So um, we'll, we'll bring you all that when that happens. And of course we'll, uh, keep an eye on this, like players boycott situation if anything else happens and everybody else on the locked on NFL podcast will bring it to you. So once again, thank you so much for making locked on NFL your first listen of the day for your second listen, check out the locked on NFL draft podcast. It is that season and boy, they're going to be in on the scouting combine. They are going to, uh, they'll, they'll bring you what you need to know. So go check that out. See y'all tomorrow here on the locked on NFL podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day.